In 2013, Children's Health launched Texas's first dedicated neonatal telemedicine service. The program connects neonatologists at your hospital's Level 2 or Level 3 NICU with UT Southwestern neonatologists and 150 clinical and surgical subspecialists. Today, we're going to talk about what it took to bring this innovative program to life and how it is continually improving the world of virtual care. This is Pediatric Insights, Advances and Innovations with Children's Health, where we explore the latest in pediatric care and research. I'm Bill Klaproth. With us to discuss the telenicu and how it is improving virtual care is Dr. Rajmin Savani, a neonatologist and division chief of neonatal perinatal medicine at Children's Health and professor at UT Southwestern, and Dr. Jawahar Jagarapu, a neonatologist at Children's Health and assistant professor at UT Southwestern. Dr. Savani and Dr. Jagarapu, thank you for your time. First off, Dr. Savani, can you explain what the Talonicu is for those who may not know? Well, thank you, Bill. It's great to uh, talk with you about this. So Talonicu is really a mechanism by which we can extend the level of our sophisticated care to communities that are far away from us. Uh, I first moved to Texas about 14 years ago, and I quickly realized that uh, if you fly from Dallas to Los Angeles, two-thirds of the way, you're actually over Texas. It's a huge state, and the idea of allowing us to touch the lives of babies in more than our closest vicinity we were going to need to use some technology to do that. And so we came up with the concept of uh, telemedicine. Telemedicine, of course, has been around for a very long time, and some applications in neonatology have been done. But the idea was to um, connect with outside uh, neonatal intensive care units so that they could connect with us remotely using an audiovisual uh, line to allow us to then uh, look at the baby, examine the baby, talk to the parents, talk to the doctors, look at x-rays, etc., uh, so that we could provide some consultation and advice to the physicians or providers that are in the outside hospital. So NICU is really a way to electronically extend the reach of our ability to take care of babies. Uh, we are a level four uh, neonatal intensive care unit, so we represent the highest level of care that you can get uh, anywhere in the world. And so we want to be able to help babies uh, in more remote, more rural areas that may not have those kinds of facilities. So being Texas's first dedicated neonatal telemedicine service, this had to be quite an undertaking. Can you walk us through the history of the Telenicu program and how it began, and what did it take to establish this program, and what were the obstacles you faced? So, obviously, it's not for the faint of heart that you set up a program like this. There's a lot of different things that need to be done. We actually launched the program in 2013, so we've been live with Telenicu for quite a while now, coming up to seven years. But it took about two to three years of planning before we launched the Telenicu program. And that involves a lot of different kinds of people. So we need the technology, of course. So you have to have the hardware and the software that can allow you to do this so that you need a secure connection so that 
patient information is protected. We needed to be able to reassure everyone that this was not able to be hacked, if you will. Obviously, it's an internet-based program. So we looked at quite a number of different technologies out there, and we settled on what we have now as being the most robust and flexible. We also needed the capability of using electronic stethoscopes, for example, or electronic otoscopes. So we could listen to the baby's heartbeat, lung sounds, and belly sounds remotely. We also needed to be able to have a high-definition camera so that if there were some skin lesions, we could look at them in very close proximity and very crystal clear. So the quality of the images and sound needed to be extremely good as well. So there's the technology part of it. The regulatory part is, of course, important also. The Texas Medical Board, Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, the legislation in Texas, all of these have weighed in to how people should do telemedicine. And we were very mindful following the rules. So we created the program in full compliance with all the regulatory requirements for such a program. Then we needed to make sure that we obtained consent from the parents of the babies that we were going to consult on. So there was a legal sort of accounting of what we needed to do so that we wouldn't be infringing on people's privacy or anything of the sort. So there's a legal component to it as well. And then what about documentation? Whenever a physician provides service, we need to document what we did. And so we had a full accounting of compliance people that allowed us to identify where the note would be written, how we would communicate to the outside facility. And so we document the encounter actually in the children's health medical record. So there is a permanent record of what was done, what was said, what the advice was, so that we could go back and audit it later on. So there's quite a few steps to all of this. And we spent uh, at least two to three years making sure that all of these different things were accounted for. So when you said this isn't for the faint of heart, you weren't kidding. No. (laughs) You have to be tenacious. That's right. (laughs) And Dr. Jagrapu, let's talk about the day-to-day operation of this. How does the Telenicu work? Can you walk us through the steps that the team goes through? Sure. That's a good question, Bill. So just to give a perspective of the model, it's what we call it as a hub and spoke model, where the hub is the level four NICU, which is our children's medical center, which is a quaternary care institution. And then it's connected to the different NICUs in the rural areas, which are ranging from level one to level threes, which are the lower level NICUs. And typically, whenever we have a baby who the referral hospitals, they would like to consult on for specialist care and everything, They initiate a consult by calling the access center, which is present at the Children's Medical Center, and then they would like to request for a telenicu physician who is on call. And by the way, the service is a 24-7 service, so at any time in the middle of the night, if they have an emergency or something they would like to consult, there is always a telenicu physician on call who can take the call. So once they contact the access center, depending on the urgency, sometimes if it is a less urgent one, they would like to schedule a time and a date, which is convenient for both the families who are in the rural areas. 
in the lower level NICUs and also for the physician here. And then would like to initiate a consult at that time. And if it is an emergent consult, I think we have the ability to connect within 15 minutes and we have the ability to use our laptops as a medium to connect to the lower level NICUs. And once the consult is scheduled at a time, and then usually the referral hospitals are equipped with something called telemedicine carts. So these are the sophisticated equipment which Dr. Savani was mentioning earlier. It has a screen and it has mounted cameras, which are the Cisco HIDAS cameras, along with the peripherals attached to it, like stethoscope, otoscope, and dermatoscope. So that cart is vital in terms of our consultation process. And that card gives us the eyes on the baby. We are able to manipulate those remote cameras from our laptops from our end so that we can zoom in and look at the baby. And it also allows us to do all the examinations. As Dr. Savani mentioned, you know, when the stethoscope is connected to the baby, we can hear the heart sounds, you know, on a live basis, not even recorded. It's like a direct transmission. And once we examine the baby, we discuss the plan with the families and with the referral physician as well. And the consultation is kind of completed at that time, and we make a decision whether we need to see the baby here or whether we can keep the baby over there and continue to follow up. And once the consultation is finished, we document the whole encounter in our charts at Children's Medical Center. So let's talk more about the technological advances We heard about the electronic stethoscope. You talked about mounted cameras. Can you tell us more about the -the state-of-the-art equipment that's used for the remote exams, and why is this equipment so important for the program's success? You know, when I joined here five years ago, that was the most fascinating part when Dr. Savani showed me the Telenic suite. And so the telemedicine cards, which I was mentioning, it has something called the high-def cameras, which are mounted on the screen. And the cool thing about them is you can manipulate from your end. The referral physician doesn't need to touch it. We can manipulate them from our end so that you can have a closer look at the baby. You know, it's like being at the bedside. So the technology has advanced so much that we can perform those maneuvers. And the other things are the stethoscopes. Again, you can hear the heart sounds and the murmurs very clearly, given there's a very good broadband connection. And also the things are the dermatoscope, where if you want to look at a skin lesion or, you know, something, a rash, which I think the referral physician is worried about and they're not sure of what it is, I think that also gives us a live kind of feed to see the, to see the pictures. And autoscopes are where you can use for looking into ears, and you can even look into the oral cavity to perform a detailed examination. I would say with the current technology available, you can virtually do everything, except the only thing we could not do is the hands-on palpation. So the inspection can be done, which is a very vital thing for a newborn examination. It's almost like 70 to 80% of the cases. And an auscultation can be done with the stethoscope. So the only thing I could not do is, is a palpation, which we kind of sometimes rely on the local referral physician's exam. So with this equipment, you can virtually replicate an in-office visit. I know nothing will replace an in-office visit, but this is certainly the next best thing. And then can you explain why the Telenicu is a win for patient families and 
for the healthcare system? Yeah, great question. And it speaks to the soul of the program, you know, when Dr. Savani established it in 2013. I think there were like very core objectives, which, you know, one is to extend our specialist care or quaternary care to the rural areas. You know, that was uh, one of the main objectives. And the second thing is keeping the newborn babies closer to their homes, right? Like, you know, we connect to the NICUs, which are 500 miles away from here. Odessa is one of our centers. I think one of the biggest wins for the families is basically to stay locally at their own hospitals and receive the highest level of care which they need without doing a travel of 500 mile one-way trip. And so that's one of the things. And from the study, we conducted a review of our program and we are in process of publication. But basically, the study showed that you know more than half of these babies whom we are doing consultations were kept at the local hospitals. So in the absence of a teleniki program, I think all these babies would have been triaged through phone calls in the past, and they all would have been transferred. Because with the phone call system, you can't even see the baby, you can't assess their status. But I think the telemedicine gives the leverage of actually examining them and make the decision confidently so that we can manage the babies locally and you know keep them and transfer them whenever it is needed. And for the healthcare systems, I think it's a huge win-win situation for Children's Medical Center, which is a level four center, which is a very busy center. And we are kind of, you know, always scared of our beds because of all these referrals for the specialist care. We always keep a very tight bed control kind of process. And so we can decide which babies need to be transferred and you can avoid some of those. If there is a way to avoid some of those transfers, it can be managed locally. So that would be a perfect idea. And for the local hospitals, the rural hospitals, I think it's a huge win for them because they have 24-7 access to our specialist care and they can keep the babies locally there. And, you know, that kind of reinforces the family-centered care of NICU where we're trying to benefit the families as much as they can by keeping the babies closer to their homes. So it's a three-way benefits to the local hospitals, for the quaternary center like us, and for the families as well. And Dr. Savani, are there any other benefits of the Telenicu program that we haven't talked about? The cost of care uh, is lower in a lower acuity center. So levels one, two, three are cheaper than the care that's provided in the level four. And so if you retain patients in the outside hospital, you actually save healthcare dollars. And I think uh, Dr. Jagrapu's study actually shows that just the cost of the transport alone saves a huge amount of money. Dr. Jagrapu, can you tell us what your findings were? Yeah, I think the transport cost savings itself, you know, just because we awarded a transfer of more than 50% of the babies, the transport cost savings itself is up to like $0.9 million. And it's not even taking into the equation families who are able to continue with their jobs because the baby is able to stay closer to their NICU. And there are some other studies which looked at loss of pay and everything because the families had to take time off from work. And also the travel savings, you know, they have to travel all the way 500 miles away from the air center to the quaternary care. So there are some of the other significant cost savings as well. But from our study, it's just from the transport cost savings for the healthcare systems up to like $0.9 million. Over two years. Yeah. And this is such a remarkable program. Dr. Savani, what advice would you give to other systems who may be looking into the possibility of offering a similar program? 
So absolutely. I think that this kind of approach will save money and keep families closer to their geographic locations and should be shared with multiple other centers that are interested. In fact, we've had four or five centers call us to say, well, how did you do this? And there are very methodical steps. And we've actually helped University of Minnesota, Johns Hopkins, and others that have asked us. And you have to be very, very methodical in the way you approach it. You have to have the right people at the table. So in the same way as I told you about the hurdles, we have to have uh, legal at the table. We have to have compliance at the table. We have to have the IT technology gurus at the table. And it's important to have the physicians at the table, too, that can speak to how would we deal with an emergent situation versus a scheduled situation and so on. You also have to have program managers so that what is the workflow here? Uh, The phone call comes into the access center. What are the questions that the uh, technician on the access center is going to ask? How do we get the neonatologist, telenicu doctor on the line as quickly as possible to the outside center? And and while we give 15 minutes, we actually most of the time can connect with the telenicu doctor within two minutes. So we try and get that outside facility connected to the telenicu doctor as quickly as possible. So all of those hurdles, you have to have the right people there, and each person has their own job to do, which is then coordinated in a sort of committee that met. When we set it up, we met every two weeks. And everyone had homework to do, and do better have your homework done by the time you get to the next meeting. Otherwise, you would be blamed for delaying the onset of the program. (laughs) So everyone held everyone else to account, and I think that looking at all the applicable regulations is important. So I think having a very, very organized, thoughtful, check-the-box kind of approach is very important so that you don't drop the ball. Uh, You know, you've set it up so that when you actually go live, it it just goes so smoothly and so seamlessly. And for the users now who do telemedicine consults, you just press a button and it works. But behind that one press of a button is a whole series of things that were put in place to make sure that that was seamless and, and without hassle. And of course, the last thing I will say is you've got to have a technical crew available 24-7 in case things go wrong. Sometimes the outside hospitals have had difficulty remembering which plug to put the stethoscope in. And so there's a technical crew available to them to say, no, 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 the black wire goes in the black socket, you know, that kind of thing, so that the telemedicine consoles can happen flawlessly, seamlessly, and quickly. And is there anything else we should know about the Telenicu program? Um, The one thing I will say is that it demonstrates the partnership extremely well. So Children's Health and UT Southwestern partnered to put this program together, and we're fully committed to advancing that partnership. I think that being the only academic center for children in North Texas is a really important attribute. And I think it allows us to do things together that the individual parts couldn't do on their own. And I think that that partnership is something that we ought to use to further advance care for children 
and, you know, really reach all the rural and remote parts of Texas so that we can help every baby get the care that they need without having to travel whole huge distances to get that care. So we're very proud of it, and we're very proud of that connection that we have between Children's Health and UT Southwestern. And then lastly, Dr. Savani, I do want to talk about COVID-19. How has COVID-19 impacted the telenicu, and how has it benefited you through the COVID-19 pandemic? Right. This is such an important question. As you know, the world is grappling with an incredibly serious and devastating disease, and I think that telemedicine has really taken off and really been given a sort of shot in the arm, if you will. So the idea that you can provide care from a distance decreases the chances of healthcare workers and consultants and others from actually contracting the disease. And so we have now set up a consultation service even within the Children's Medical Center where uh, subspecialists can provide consultation remotely using the system, TeleNICU, so that they don't have to go in and examine the patient physically. They can actually be at a safe distance and provide the same level of consultation that they could otherwise. And I think that's going to significantly help folks from actually catching disease while they're providing care. As you know, healthcare workers have been affected dramatically by COVID and taking care of patients with COVID. The other thing that's happened, of course, is that ambulatory appointments have almost completely gone virtual. And I think that that sort of uh, portends to how it's going to be in the future. We won't ever not have in-person outpatient visits, but I think the advent of COVID has really galvanized us to say that we can provide care virtually and the outcomes are exactly the same as if we did it in person. That allows us to triage patients properly, not have backlogs of outpatient visits, and continue to provide the high level of care that we want to. Well, this was such an important tool before COVID-19, and who would have thought how instrumental its use is right now? Dr. Savani and Dr. Jagarapu, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks a lot, Bill. Thank you for having us, Bill. Thank you. That's Dr. Rashman Savani and Dr. Jawahar Jagarapu. Thank you for listening to Pediatric Insights. For more information, please visit children's.com slash And if you found this podcast helpful, please rate and review or share the episode. And please follow Children's Health on your social channels. This is Pediatric Insights, Advances and Innovations with Children's Health. Thanks for listening.